0: Meg McCabe, a certified life coach and eating disorder recovery coach with a PhD in having a good time. Just kidding about that last part. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the show. I'm so grateful to be with all of you today and I have a very exciting solo show planned for you. And of course, as you know, with these solo shows, I love to share with you a little bit about what's going on with my life, all of that. So first thing I wanted to say is the Doors to the Recovery Collective opened last week, and they will be open for a few more days, and then they will be closing on October 1st. So if you want to join the latest group of members, we had a wave of members join last week, and I'm sure we'll have some... Join last minute as well. So if you want to join that group, you have until October 1st. I love reading all the introduction posts in the Facebook page, and it also really lights me up when I see that podcast listeners joined the community. So if you are a loyal listener to the podcast, you will not be alone. There are many people inside the group who love this show and found out about the collective through the podcast. Anyway, that's been going on, and I did go to New York City last weekend, and unfortunately, I did not get the apartment that I had gone to check out. They actually told me the night before I left that the vacancy had been filled, so unfortunately, New York City is off the table at the moment. I am now focused on continuing to cherish time with my friends and family in Connecticut, and reflect and contemplate where I want to be. So I will keep you guys posted on that, and I'm just letting you know that I am a huge fan of fall festivities in New England, and this weekend I actually went to this big fall festival called The Big E, and essentially it's just food, freedom, heaven, And for those of you who don't know about the Big E, it's this giant festival with all of this crazy, interesting kind of carnival food that you can try. And everyone looks forward to different things. Like my dad really loves the cream puffs and my mom and I love the seafood bisque. And when you go, they're just the things you look forward to. And It's essentially an eating marathon, at least that's how I know of it. And then there's also opportunities for shopping with local crafters and local New England businesses, and it's just a really New England pride event (laughs) in a way. There have been years in the past, especially years when I was in recovery, where Going to a big food-focused event like this would cause me a lot of physical discomfort, a lot of emotional discomfort, and it kind of ruined the event. But for me this year, I'm telling you, my best friend came with me, and she knew all the food trucks she wanted to hit up, all the spots. And I just went along with her, and we had all the things. We had cheese curds, fried Oreos, lobster rolls, pumpkin beer, like you name it. We had a little bit of everything. It was freaking delicious and so fun. And it was definitely an event where you have to be conscientious of your hunger and fullness levels. So there were moments where I was feeling overly full and then I would take a break for maybe 30, 40 minutes walking around, looking at the exhibits. And then suddenly I'd have more room for more food, and you're essentially there for the food. So we would embrace food again, and it was so fun. And it gets me in the autumn spirit, which is one of my favorite seasons. Anyway, if anyone here is ever in the Massachusetts, Connecticut area in September, definitely look up the Big E. It's kind of a cultural staple here, and it's a lot of fun. That's what I did this weekend, and yeah, things are just going good as usual. I hope you guys are having a wonderful fall as well. For this week's episode of the podcast, I wanted to dive into signs that your relationship with exercise is disordered. I have crafted 10 questions you can ask yourself to evaluate whether or not you have an unhealthy relationship with exercise and whether or not exercise might be linked to your eating disorder. And I find that exercise is really insidious, just like how maybe you might have started on a quote, innocent diet years ago, and then it became this slippery slope into an eating disorder. I find working out has the same potential for Disaster where maybe you work out a little, you see some progress, and then suddenly you go overboard and it becomes an actual eating disorder behavior. So, in the recovery world, we consider excessive exercise an overt eating disorder behavior, and we actually consider it a form of purging. So, that means that you could have a form of exercise bulimia, where you are compensating for eating with exercise. And of course, that can look different for everyone. And I think sometimes because exercise has this morality component connected to it, just like food, people start to link it to their identity. They start making it something they have to do to feel good about themselves. And it just, again, becomes a slippery slope where you take something essentially positive and it turns into a very detrimental piece of your life that needs to be healed. So if you're someone who is exercising a lot right now and you're not sure if it's unhealthy or maybe a normal relationship to exercise I have these 10 questions here that you can use as a guide that I came up with as an eating disorder recovery coach. So I see these patterns a lot with people who have disordered relationships with exercise and food. And of course, this is not a diagnostic tool. I did not create this from the lens of a clinical standpoint. This is literally just what I would ask anyone if they are not sure about their relationship with exercise and whether or not it's healthy. So as you listen to this episode, just ask yourself the questions as I say them and just be honest with yourself about your answers. And if you find that you are coming up with answers that indicate you might have a disordered or unhealthy relationship with exercise, this is definitely something I recommend that you bring up with your eating disorder treatment team or your therapist or dietitian, whoever you have on board, because oftentimes in recovery, there's also this healing journey with exercise that needs to be brought up as well. I have a list of 10 questions you can ask yourself to assess whether or not you have a healthy relationship with exercise or not. So the first question I want you to ask yourself is, number one, does exercise feel like a punishment? And the word punishment implies that you feel like you did something wrong. So are you exercising when you feel like you ate the quote, wrong thing? I typically see this when people use working out as something to quote make up for something they ate that broke a certain food rule that their eating disorder has or that their diet tells them to follow. In this case, you are working out to compensate for something or to just merely burn the calories you ate. It's a reactive relationship with food and you're working out to undo something you ate and This is not a joyful relationship with exercise at all. And I think you need to consider that you might have an unhealthy relationship with exercise if you're using it to punish yourself for eating anything. The second question you should ask yourself is Do you exercise when conditions are bad? So, for instance, Do you continue to go on runs when it is raining cats and dogs outside, or maybe there's even a thunderstorm or a hurricane warning or a tornado warning? Like, I have actually seen people do this. Do you drive to the gym to get your workout in when there is a terrible whiteout snowstorm? Do you work out when you're feeling sick or weak? Doing any of these things is a glaring red flag, and it shows that you are prioritizing your workout over your legitimate actual health and your personal safety. So, recovery is about putting food and movement back into proper perspective in your life. So, someone who has a healthy relationship with exercise would have the perspective to rest on a day that they are sick or to maybe sleep in on the day that there's a severe blizzard outside. A person with a healthy relationship with exercise would recognize that their health and safety are more important than their need to exercise. Okay, question number three is, is weight loss and appearance your main motivations for exercise? Essentially, there are so many reasons to move your body. And for me, exercise was definitely involved in my eating disorder. It was definitely something I used to control my body and burn calories because I really believed in that calories in, calories out BS. But for me, I could tell that my relationship to movement had transformed when my motivation for working out stopped being appearance and was actually focused on me feeling authentically good. And I noticed that I wanted to work out to be outside in nature or to feel more energy or to have fun. And those are very different motivators than focusing on how much I weigh or what I look like. And I felt that deeply when I healed my eating disorder and my relationship to exercise and movement. Number four is a different angle. It's an assessment from a different angle, and that's essentially, do you give yourself permission to rest when your body needs it? I find people who have a unhealthy relationship with exercise deny themselves the ability to rest. And even when they are, quote, resting, they're finding ways to maybe do more movement around the house or climb up and down more stairs. Like That's not really resting on a day off from the gym. In this case, it feels like you're forcing yourself and that you have to work out, even if you're extremely exhausted emotionally or physically. So even when your body is screaming at you to rest, you ignore it. And we all know that nothing good comes from ignoring our body's signals. So I will scream this from the top of all of the mountains. (laughs) You must heal your relationship with rest, especially in recovery. Recovery will confront your relationship with rest. So I want you to ask yourself, what judgments do I have about myself or about others if they rest all day, right? So are you judging people as lazy, worthless, useless, time wasters? What are the judgments of people you have that rest? Chances are you're judging yourself in that same exact way. And I want you to start looking at rest differently. Resting is a skill. If anything you should essentially be envying the people who legitimately know how to rest. Because resting is a source of restoring energy. It's a source of healing. It's a way to connect with yourself. It's a way to bring more joy into your life. I want to say this a million times. Resting is a skill. And when it comes to exercise, do you give yourself permission to rest. And that means if your body is tired, if something is aching, if you keep wanting to snooze your alarm, maybe this is a sign that you should rest instead of go to the gym or go on a run and just honor that need for rest. Okay, number five, this one's going to call many listeners out. Number five is, do you continue to exercise even when professionals tell you to stop? And this could look like you have a recovery team and your eating disorder recovery coach tells you you can no longer exercise because you're not nourishing your body properly enough. Or it could even look like a coach on a sports team you're on telling you you need to rest and you don't. <laughs> Essentially, I remember being in high school, and a lot of people develop unhealthy relationships with exercise at a young age. And I remember I had a friend who would constantly injure herself at track and field, or I think it was actually cross country. And her doctor would say, You can't run for another six weeks. And she would start running again after resting maybe for one out of the six weeks, and she would repetitively re-injure herself. And to me, that is an indicator of a problem. If you have your doctor or your sports coach or someone on your treatment team telling you to stop exercise for your own health and you don't, first of all, it means you don't really trust your team And second of all, you are honoring that impulse to move and you are getting that cheap, immediate gratification than waiting and resting for the long-term gratification, which would be completely healing that injury or completely healing your eating disorder before integrating movement and exercise back into your day. Okay. Number six is, do you feel obsessed with numbers? This looks like constantly counting calories, looking up how much you're burning with exercise, a huge, perhaps, dependence on your Apple Watch or tracking apps. And a question I have for you is, how would you feel if you went on a run without your Apple Watch? Would it stress you out not knowing the calories burned or how long you've run or exercised for? Are you inflexible with how you measure a successful workout? Are you constantly pushing yourself beyond limits and not checking in with your body along the way? So you're using the numbers to mark success instead of maybe turning in and saying, do I feel stronger? Do I feel more energized? Instead, you're just letting the numbers measure success and you're also letting them run you to the ground. A big tip I have here is, of course, get rid of your Apple Watch, get rid of your steps counters, get rid of your tracking apps. And remember, the calories in, calories out mentality preached by many fitness influencers and dieting quote experts is actually false. And that's because our bodies are not machines and calories are not burned at the same rate every day and they're not absorbed the same way every day. So there are so many variables involved that make this whole calorie counting obsession really inaccurate. Like you could be the most hyper-focused calorie counter on the planet and you are still counting wrong. <laughs> Number seven is, does skipping a workout ruin your day? When I say ruin your day, I mean emotionally. Do you beat yourself up? Do you feel like you've gotten your day off on the wrong foot? Are you judging yourself for not working out? Does it cause the inner critic to get really mean and nasty? When you skip a workout, Does it ruin your day? And skipping a workout is technically a neutral experience. It should not cause this huge range of emotions. And if you do have an emotional experience connected to skipping a workout, it might mean you are a little too dependent on that workout. Okay, number eight is, are you not eating enough or fueling your body properly enough for your workouts? Are you working out with the goal of getting into an energy debt? Are you working out and then ignoring your hunger cues? Or are you working out and not eating properly to make up for all of the energy that was spent during the workout? Essentially, to heal your relationship with movement, it's important to fully nourish your body Which means if you're moving more throughout the day, you should eat plenty to make sure that you're not getting into an energy debt. Okay, guys, number nine is a big one. And that question is, do you use exercise to earn your food? I see this one a lot. If you want to partake in, say, for example, eating a piece of cake later with friends Do you feel like you need to go to the gym or exercise prior to that event to make sure you've earned it? Do you feel more relaxed eating on days you work out? Do you give yourself permission to eat food more freely on the days you work out? The link between exercise and earning food slash giving yourself permission to eat must be severed. You deserve to eat food every day even if you don't exercise or move at all. And fun fact, your body needs energy to perform non-movement-related activities such as sleeping, thinking, sitting, letting your heart beat. We don't give our body credit for using calories in all the ways it does. We always think, oh, Calories are for activity. That's not true. Our body literally uses calories to think. And I see that. When people are in energy debt, I see that they will have brain fog and have challenged cognitive abilities because their brain's not getting the energy it needs. So again, do you exercise to earn your food? And you need to cut that connection You do not need to earn your food. It is your right to eat food. And your body needs food whether or not you're moving. This is why people who are on bed rest are still given meals at the hospital. It's because you still need food to survive. Food is your right. It is not something you need to earn. Okay, guys, and number 10 is does your relationship with exercise require you to miss out on social events? So essentially, are you really inflexible about your workouts? If someone scheduled a birthday party at the same time as your cycling class, would you say no to the birthday party because you feel this huge Pressure to go to this cycle class every week. And I want you to ask yourself, have you turned down important moments because food would be there and or you didn't exercise? One sign of mental illness is that what you are doing impacts your relationships in life in a negative way. And if you are avoiding social events in order to go to the gym or In order to avoid food, that's a sign that your relationship with food or movement is probably unhealthy and that it's getting in the way of your ability to thrive in life socially. Okay, those are my 10 questions. I wonder which one hit home for you the hardest. And I wanted to add a few important things to note at the end. If excessive exercise is something you do, you might have to challenge yourself to cut back on how much exercise you are doing and eventually eliminate exercise altogether during your eating disorder recovery. And I will tell you, it is very normal to stop exercise during recovery. And I want you to notice if you are very resistant to giving that up temporarily. Again, I want you to remember that when your team asks you to stop exercising, they're not asking you to stop forever. They are asking you to stop exercising because it is a trigger for your eating disorder. It is a behavior that you lean on, that your eating disorder leans on to keep you stuck. Yes, you might have to stop exercise for a while, but that is only until you heal. And once you've reached recovery, you can relearn an entirely new, healthy, and beautiful relationship with exercise that's rooted in fun and joy and anything that you want it to be that's not full of pressure and obligation and rigidity. So if you are someone who's not allowed to exercise right now, just trust that you will be able to again in the future when you have healed. It's a temporary requirement at times. Okay, and finally, like I said in the beginning of the show, definitely work with an eating disorder recovery professional to support you in setting goals around minimizing and potentially eliminating movement altogether during recovery. And I will give you big props if you can be honest with your therapist or dietitian or coach and let them know that you think you might have a disordered relationship with exercise. That's it for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this solo show. And if you got anything valuable from it, please rate and review this podcast. It really makes my day when someone can leave a review and just give us a little boost because the more that you can share the podcast, comment, and review, the more people we can help through their recovery process. Also, huge reminder here that the doors to the collective are closing on October 1st. So if you want to work with me and others in recovery, join the Recovery Collective and become a part of my amazing recovery community. That will be such a beautiful add-on to your treatment plan. Check out the show notes or go to recoverycollective.mykajabi.com to learn more and to sign up. With that, I wanna say thank you again for listening and I hope you have a fabulous day.